everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Hi, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm, I love that you're here. I'm so glad that I ran into you on the street that day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe in stuff like that sometimes. I'm in the studio today with my friend, actor, comedian, and musician, Fred Armisen. He's here for a Mobituaries First, a sequel episode. Earlier in the season, I told you the story of television's rural purge of the early 1970s. That's when CBS, in search of a younger, more cosmopolitan audience, decided to cancel en masse the rural-themed shows that had come to define it. Green Acres, Petticoat Junction, the Beverly Hillbillies, all of them bought the farm. These la-di-da city folks don't want our kind around. As one actor put it at the time, CBS canceled everything with a tree in it. Well... It turns out the purge spread beyond CBS. Over at ABC, the chief victim was The Lawrence Welk Show, hosted by the heavily accented band leader and accordion player, Lawrence Welk. Thank you, boys and girls. A real cute number. Welk was anything but hip, and his variety show catered to the more senior set, who longed for the music and dancing of yesteryear. So this evening, our show is dedicated to our best friends, the senior citizens of the nation. And we start with a song that should bring back a few memories. One and two and... But Fred Armisen helped make Welk a household name for a whole new generation when he impersonated the impresario on Saturday Night Live. Now to take us out is a sister act from the Finger Lakes, making their wonderful Lawrence Welk show debut. So I knew he would be the perfect polka partner. Thank you, thank you. The real Welk and his orchestra served up a soothing stream of bubbly champagne music starting in the 1950s. And although he had built up a fiercely loyal fan base, ABC canceled Welk in 1971. But just like the variety show Hee Haw over at CBS, which survived in syndication, the music didn't die. You see, after The Purge, Welk and his musical family lived on. But they'll never take away our champagne music As long as Lawrence Welk can pop his cork Could it be seen as something a little bit like, and I'm not trying to make a shocking comparison, but it's a little bit of like what the Grateful Dead did in that, like, just keep going. Just keep going. This is definitely the first Lawrence Welk Grateful Dead comparison ever. But I think, I, I, but I totally hear what you're saying. Fred and I will spend this episode talking all things Welk. There'll be laughs, polka, and some pretty crazy tangents. Jacqueline Smith stayed on the show the entire time. 
Um, Charlie's Angels, not Lawrence Walk. Because why not? From CBS Sunday Morning and Simon and Schuster, I'm Moraka, and this is Mobituaries. This Mobit, Lawrence Welk, May 17th, 1992. Death of a Square. I remember my family watching, my parents watching, but not in a way that was like, we must watch right. Lawrence Welk. It it was like um, in the room, in the living room. It was just on. Atmosphere almost. Yeah. Fred Armisen and I each grew up watching Lawrence Welk in the 1970s. It wasn't exactly a choice. In my case, my grandmother had it on when we went over to her apartment to visit on Sundays. Um, And it's, it's not like love or dislike or anything. It's just, it, in, I mean this as a positive thing. It's like a sort of wallpaper. Uh-huh. Colorful and relaxing. To get us in the mood for today's conversation, we traveled down memory lane by sampling some of Welk's greatest hits. There were the big orchestral numbers, like this Stephen Foster medley. Oh, this is great. Isn't this, wouldn't this just bring your pulse rate down? Let me, let me feel your yeah. pulse right now. Oh, it's slowing. <laughs> it's already slowing. I'm so, the world has just faded away. Indeed, the show had an almost sedative effect. Not just the music, but also the look. Bubbles rolled over the opening credits, revealing a polyester and chiffon fantasia of powder blues, peaches, and cream tones as the singers and dancers glided in and out of numbers. Chandeliers hung over a dance floor that filled with couples who seemed to emerge from out of nowhere. It felt like a wedding reception happening on another planet. Now it's my great pleasure to introduce four young ladies that have grown so uh, very, very popular on our two shows. The wonderful, wonderful Lennon sisters. Mr. Welk called his company of singers and musicians his musical family. The Lennon sisters, who literally grew up on the show, became big stars with their almost hypnotizing harmonies. May you always walk in sunshine. <gasps> wow, it's too, so perfect. It's really nice, isn't it? It's so lush. Yeah. It's funny that they, they're, I'm guessing there was a faction of rock and roll people who thought it was uncool, but it's there's so many similarities. Like, I think that... I think the Beach Boys probably aren't that much different than this. Right. It's like pet sounds for grandparents. Yeah. It's very soothing. The Lennon sisters almost certainly inspired the sister act led by Kristen Wiig in Saturday Night Live's send-up of The Welk Show. Sisters do as sisters should. We're all together, sisters. You were telling me about um, when on Saturday Night Live, when they said we wanted to do this sketch about Lawrence Walk. The fun thing about SNL is that they don't really uh, prepare you for these things. It's really, you know, we have this night of writing and then you show up at the table and right before you sit down, someone says, hey, we have you as 
David Lee Roth. Whoa. Okay. So you kind of quickly look up and that's kind of fun. You're like, I think, you know, they cast you because they think you might be able to look like that person. But it's kind of fun to do some quick research and go like, oh, what was he like? Or maybe to go by your memories. So the Lawrence Welk's sketch is um, for, you know, it's built around Kristen Wiig's character, Mm -hmm. which is great. That's the framework around it. Junice was the name of her character. Hysterical. And they, so uh, the writer, James Anderson, um, clearly had many memories of Lawrence Welk. Like he wrote in a way that obviously <laughs> all the way from the Finger Lakes, he just knew, he just knew it's the show so well that um, he's a little, he might be like. Can I, can I tell you something about James Anderson? Please do. Who is so great. I toured in the musical Grease with him through Southeast Asia. What? Before he was a writer on SNL, when I was 24 years old, so, and I think he was a couple years older, we both were cast in a non-union production of the musical Grease that went through Southeast Asia. And I remember hearing afterwards how he had become a writer on SNL, and I was so happy for him. Did you know that he wrote the Lawrence Welk sketches? I did not know that. Oh, yeah. He, and Kristen did. Wonderful. Was her forehead really big or was I looking through a couple of bubbles? That's so they came to you then. Oh, anyway, so uh, you're Lawrence Welk. And I, I already knew enough. I mean, you know, I was familiar enough that I was like, oh, of course, Lawrence Welk. Um, but then I, I didn't know enough about him. I knew he had this accent. And because I wanted to get that right. He learned to speak English when he was 21. Yes. He's speaking German until then. And from a German community a Roman Catholic German community in the Dakotas. Educated by German-speaking nuns. Yeah, incredible. Now, I want you to listen to Welk speaking on his show. We're happy to dedicate this show to the most loyal members of our television audience, the mothers of the nation. And now here, Fred's take. Now, before we continue with our Mother's Day show, I'd like to say something to my mother. Mother, thank you. Did you notice I can say the T-H in mother, but when I try to say thank you, I say thank you. (laughs) That's weird. And so, how did you go about doing the accent? I mean, it really was just imitation from, you know, hearing him and and watching him. And there's something in the D's and something in the tongue in here. Uh, And he was very official. This is an announcement. This is uh, something I am speaking. It's almost like uh, he... it's not casual. It's, it's not casual. No, it's That's not true. like, hey, I, you know, it was very officially this, I am bringing, and then the D's were sort of in the middle of his mouth as opposed to D is where, where I heard it. Uh, I'm not saying, by the way, that I perfected it or got it perfectly it, right, but that's just... pretty darn great. But you know, you make a good point that the only thing that wasn't smooth about the Lawrence Welk show was the way he spoke. Mm-hmm. But... Even that was added yes. to the added to it to the appeal. Yes, yes, and to the to the whole vision of it. Uh, tell me, what inspired you to become a musician? Well, I was my family, I believe. My brothers and sisters played and they sang, and my folks, my dad played the accordion, my mother sang, so we had a lot of music. Lawrence Welk may have had a strong accent, but make no mistake. 
He was All-American. He was born on March 11, 1903 in Strasburg, North Dakota, the sixth of eight children. His parents were German immigrants who had come to America by way of the Ukraine. His family was living in a, in a sod house. Yes, an upside-down wagon or something with sod oh, over right? it. Or something. Oh, right. Oh, so it's just what I read. I, yeah, I they, so, it's like... I'm sure at that moment he was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to study music and some big band stuff. I'm going to get singers. I'm going to um, have my own TV show. And everyone was like, what is TV? He's like, don't worry about it. It's going to be televised everywhere. And I'm going to take over the airwaves. If life were only that easy. In reality, the young Welk had to make a bargain with his parents just to own his first accordion. His father sold a cow to purchase the instrument. In return, Lawrence worked on the farm through his 21st birthday and handed over any money he made from playing local gigs. Feels very German. Yeah. Like, here are the, the terms of our deal. Yeah. Du heißt, uh, ich kauf ein uh, Akkordeon für dich und dann, in, <laughs> wenn du bist uh, 21 Jahren, alles die Geld von deiner Musik ist für die Familie. Okay. Guten, uh, no, uh, danke schön. <laughs> danke schön. Exactly. Do you think that the deal he made with his father motivated him even more, in a way? Definitely. Right? And uh, what a, I think it's great of his father also to say, okay, you want to do this, but let's make it serious. You're not just going to be jamming in the garage of our sod house <laughs> with this, with your buddies. Like, you got to be serious. After he paid his debt, Welk left home, accordion in tow, to pursue his musical dreams. Soon enough, he was leading a 10-piece band called the Hotsy Totsy Boys. That name is about as racy as he ever got, and steadily gained a name across the upper Midwest. Along the way, he married his wife, Fern. They'd stay married for 61 years, and they had three children. Now, the label Champagne Music supposedly came out of a gig in Pittsburgh, where fans said that dancing to Welk's music was like sipping champagne. Incidentally, Welk did not drink. When TV arrived, Welk moved to Los Angeles and landed his own show in 1951 on local station KTLA. By 1955, he was offered a national audience of over 30 million on Saturday night on ABC. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. And here is your host, Lawrence Welch. Thank you, my good friends, and a pleasant hello. Lawrence Welk shared the secret to his success with Edward R. Murrow on CBS's Person to Person. I think we had the formula of playing uh, simple harmony, a good harmony, along with the melody, the type of music that the American audience like, and it's been most wonderful. I think it must have taken some real, I, I guess is courage the right word, but it is kind of risky to say this is it. It's just pleasant. There's nothing deeper than that. Is there anything to, that you can compare it to today, the experience of watching that kind of pleasant programming? 
I think any sort of reality TV that has to do with um, either real estate or or fixing up a house or just something where the the uh, that sort of relaxing feeling, like you know, the end of a real estate show or or a sort of makeover shows, you know where it's going. But it's interesting also because in in sort of turbulent times, people watch HGTV even more than usual because yeah. it's it's kind of it's you go to another place with it. Yes. And it's, I don't know if it's an escape as much as it's just sort of, uh, I mean this in a positive way, sort of numbing, just sort of Mm -hmm. like a little, maybe like a little light drink. I want um, a cocktail and a polka. Welk wasn't edgy. He wasn't surprising. He was aggressively uncool the subject of parody even back in the 50s for his stilted delivery and musical taste. On his 1957 comedy album, satirist Stan Freeberg poked fun at Welk. Oh, it's the bubble machine. Turn off just a moment. I'm sorry. Hold it just a moment, please. Um, Turn off the bubble machine. Please turn off the bubble. Thank you, Lemon Sisters, for that lovely number. But well, pushing 50 when he first got on TV wasn't trying to please the urban sophisticate, nor was he all that interested in placating network suits who wanted him to add more comedy and high-profile guest stars. They didn't like Welk's accent. They also wanted him to eliminate what they saw as the quirky regionalism of his show. and welcome to our... County Fair Show. There were whole episodes built around Songs of the South. There was a Salute to Canada extravaganza and an entire special dedicated to his home state. And Mr. Welk almost always made sure to point out where his performers hailed from. And now we bring you a a very talented young man from South Dakota. Here's the gentleman from Fargo, North Dakota. Little Alice from Dallas. Bob Lita of Jersey City. From Madisonville, Kentucky. Our own Jim Roberts. Jim, come over here and see you. Welk largely ignored the network notes and won a devoted fan base. He knocked one of the most popular comedians of the 1950s, Sid Caesar, off of his Saturday Night Throne, which made for this great headline. Lawrence Welk may be known as the man who killed Caesar. Did that show get canceled? Yeah, Caesar, Caesar got canceled, yeah. Why didn't they just move the, move him to another time slot? I don't know. Who knows? It's, you know, networks. Let's get them on the phone. On top of that, the Welk Orchestra's recording of the German pop song Calcutta went to number one when Welk was 57, making him the oldest person at the time to top the charts. Wow. Do you remember that song? I don't remember that song. And then he was also an inventor. He patented an accordion-shaped ashtray. Oh, that's very cool. I want some of these. Let's. Pre- I mean, I'm not a smoker, but let's have some of these around. Does it close? He should have designed it so that it closes to, you know. I know. To hold I thought the, the same thing. Fold in. Yeah. And actually do something with the ashes. Yes. Create a diamond. Oh, definitely. Well, I don't know if you knew that 
Lawrence Welk was the first recipient of the Theodore Roosevelt Rough Rider Award in 1961, which is awarded to North Dakotans, to distinguish North Dakotans. Oh, really? Yeah. And other recipients, other famous North Dakotans, Peggy Lee. Oh, I didn't know that. Who turns 100 in 2020. Wow. Yeah, she's, not, she's dead, but she would have been 100 yeah. years old. Um, Angie Dickinson is from no North Dakota. Way. I love Angie. Yeah. She's great. Wiz Khalifa is from North Dakota. No way. Yeah. They have to have a little Hall of Fame or something. They do. Okay, great. If I had to choose between the Dakotas, I would choose North Dakota. Uh-huh. But I don't think you'll ever have to choose. We don't have to choose. No. Cheryl Ladd is from South Dakota. I don't have a list of other famous South Dakota. But how did you know about Cheryl Ladd? I just, I was a big Charlie's Angels fan. Once upon a time, there were three little girls who went to the police academy. You were? Yeah. The um, original three? Yep. But Cheryl Ladd is a close, like... She's close. I mean, she, was, she played... She's like Jill the Bill Ma- Murray of SNL. It, that's actually a great... It, um, that would be a great SAT analogy question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bill Murray is to SNL as blank is to Charlie's Angels, yeah. and you fill in yeah. Cheryl Ladd. She's in there early enough. <laughs> She's, <laughs> she, she, she came in season two, and she yeah. played Farrah Fawcett's sister, Jill Monroe's sister. Oh, wow. Right. Is... um. Is Bosley still alive? No, David Doyle's dead. And anyway, enough Charlie's Angels, for now at least. Back to Welk, whose show remained a safe, unchanging space for loyal, mostly older viewers. And in case anyone needed to be reminded of the audience demographic, the show was sponsored by the vitamin supplement Geritol. America's number one tonic. Geritol, the high-potency vitamin plus iron tonic that helps you feel stronger fast. They would have these these shots of the audience dancing, usually older people, mm-hmm. and not glamorous. Mm-hmm. That had to be intentional. I mean, it's really smart, too, because the audience probably looked like the rest of the audience at home. The studio audience was also overwhelmingly white, as was the makeup of the musical family and TV in general in the 1960s. Yet, the show did break barriers when tap-dancing phenom Arthur Duncan became the first African-American regular on any TV variety series when he joined the show in 1964. The king of taps, Arthur Duncan, you're on. And Arthur Duncan um, has repeatedly said Lawrence had his rules, he knew what he wanted, and that's what made the show work. I mean, I'm guessing the Lawrence Welk show would fall apart otherwise, you know. People showing off and stuff. Most of the stars on the show really only existed within the Welk universe. There was Myron Florin on the accordion, champagne lady Norma Zimmer, pianist Joanne Castle, dancers Bobby and Sissy, married singers Guy and Ralna. What I always found sort of interesting as a kid watching it was that the people on it you would never see on other shows. And Mm -hmm. you never saw... I never did. I know it happened occasionally, but I never saw very famous people from outside the show on the show. So it was a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. It, it was its own world. I never thought about that. But there were no guest stars. There weren't. Like, I, I, I guess a very famous appearance was made by Jack Benny because he really liked Jack Benny. Mm-hmm. But, but otherwise, it was almost hermetically sealed. Yeah. Now, before we get further into that, 
you're going to have to pardon the segue. Okay, so we should put on the other headphones, right? Oh, switch headphones. Okay, switch headphones. While waiting to hear a musical clip, Fred and I took a slight detour. I think the thing is, I never understood the lack of affection for Shelly Hacks, Charlie's Angel. She was the fourth one. <laughs> and I thought she was fine. She was Tiffany Welch from Boston. So they were trying to do like a sophisticated angel. I, I support it fully. So I, I guess I just feel like the flack that Shelly Hack got for not being a great actress. Like it worked for... And also whatever generation signed on to Charlie's Angels, for them that that is their Charlie's Angel. So it, one could say she was the Adam Sandler <laughs> of... You know, that's sort of like people, how could you have Adam Sandler on? What happened to the original cast? And there's a generation saying, no, he's... This is our angel. One thing's for sure, none of the angels would have graced the Welk stage. One of the early Welk performers, Alice Lawn, was reportedly let go for showing too much leg. Welk's show was the ultimate encounter-countercultural programming. When the orchestra did cover popular songs, they were Welkified. Though one particular adaptation may not have been such a hit with the older crowd. One toke over the line, sweet Jesus, one toke over the line. Oh boy. Sitting down town in a railway station, How did it happen? A- apparently he liked that the lyrics included sweet Jesus. And so he didn't realize what the song he didn't? was. Someone must have explained it to him, right? I don't know. I've been changing, as you can plainly see. I mean, what did they think Toke was? I mean, it doesn't mean anything else. Maybe he thought it was a token? Or... I mean, the music does work for the show. But Lawrence Welk was no fool. He was well aware of what youth culture thought of him. In one memorable episode from 1969, an old hippie in sunglasses and a sheepskin vest ambled out on stage and silenced the orchestra. Stop the music! Is that him? Hold on. You'll see. Okay, now listen to what he says. Don't you cats know this polka jazz is strictly from Squaresville? Usually... The charm of the show is they don't care about the outside world. Which is what I love about it. Right. There, they're kind of... All of a sudden, we see the outside world. Even hearing the word hippies, I thought, oh, I don't want to... I was enjoying not even thinking about them. Welk appeared as himself with Vivian Vance and Lucille Ball on an episode of Here's Lucy, a spinoff of I Love Lucy, and made fun of his own accent. Oh, I know he'll be wonderful, wonderful. That is the worst imitation of Lawrence. He's very aware of the audience. Oh, he's a good sport. You know, I think of Lawrence Welk in sort of isolation, his own world. Then you see him with a titan, with Lucy. And she's playing someone who's sort of overwhelmed by the celebrity of Lawrence yeah. Welk. It just shows you what a big deal he was. And also he's clearly enjoying himself, which is really nice. I mean, if if you're being parodied, you're in good shape. I mean, clearly it's enough of a gamble that people will get the reference. So that's already a sign that things are going really well. 
parodied multiple times. And then into the 2000s with SNL. I mean, that's really, says a lot about the show. What do you think he would have thought of the parody? I think, I'm going to just, as a guess, say that maybe he wouldn't have been psyched. I think he would have said, I don't understand it. The um, Lennon sisters say they loved it. The, the, the SNL parody. They've seen it? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, so, they the they Lennon believe. sisters have seen it? Yeah. Oh, my God. But it's another group of women that sends us back on a tangent. Jacqueline Smith stayed on the show the entire time. Um, Charlie's Angels, not Lawrence Walk. And who, who can we compare her to? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm trying to think who's the longest running cast member in SNL. She's like Tim Meadows. Somebody who was yeah. like... Uh, Daryl Hammond. Uh, yeah, yeah. What about so Kate Jackson didn't stay the whole time? No, she, Kate Jackson didn't get along with Cheryl Ladd and the whole you know about the whole Kramer versus Kramer thing, right? I don't. No, that Meryl Streep you know ended up winning an Oscar for Kramer versus Kramer. Kate Jackson had been offered that role, and Aaron Spelling wouldn't let her out of the contract. Oh, and that's I know, I know, it's a terrible. <laughs> I know it. I still to this day think how frustrated she must feel about that. Oh, that's rough. That's a rough one. But not as rough as what happened to Welk in 1971. That spring, ABC canceled his show. His audience was deemed too old and too rural. But Lawrence Welk wasn't going to go quietly. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. These lyrics are wild. Listen. We're going through a music revolution. The hippies say they'll overcome us all. Fred Armisen and I are listening to the Lawrence Welk cast sing about the cancellation of their show in 1971, the same year as the Rural Purge over at CBS. They still do the polka in Milwaukee. Uh-oh. Is there some anger in this? They've been booted from the network. So there's some bite in there. There was some, I'm sure that was where the anger came from, yeah. 
If it sounds like that song Roy Clark sang about Hee Haw's cancellation in our Rural Purge episode, there's a reason for it. It's actually the same song, and the title is quite a mouthful. It's called The Lawrence Welk Hee Haw Counter-Revolution Polka. And it feels, to me, it feels kind of contemporary, this mm -hmm. tension, yeah. right, between the, what, what's perceived as the middle of the country and yeah. then the people who are controlling what airs nationally. And Lawrence Welk and Hee Haw are kind of the two survivors. They go into syndication. Mm -hmm. And Lawrence Welk, after 1971, just, he's, at this point, he's almost 70. It's 1971. He was born in 1903. Wow. Hey, would you welcome a very charming gentleman, Mr. Lawrence Welk. Johnny Carson asked Welk about his cancellation on The Tonight Show in 1974. But you worked with 17 years with ABC, and then, uh, did you leave or did they say, hey, you're not going to be on the network anymore? No, we didn't leave. Uh, we uh, were requested to leave. Requested to leave. I've been through that. Everybody has who's had television <laughs> shows. How did you take it? Was it a it was personal a, affront? It was a, a very difficult thing. This but Welk's sponsors stuck by him, as did his audience. After getting the axe from ABC, his audience actually grew. How many people would you reach every week with that? Uh, they I would made an say, estimate? I would say we reach approximately around 30 million people. And so he assembles a station group larger than ABC had had for him. So continues getting tens of millions of viewers, and then it will stay on until 1981 or 1982. We were seeing this stuff between 1971 and 1982, mm -hmm. which was the Lawrence Welk sort of, I'm not going to be kept down. I am not going to go down to the rural perch. I mean, it's amazing. Um, he he benefited from that that move. I feel like um, could it be seen as something a little bit like? And I'm not trying to make a shocking comparison, but it's a little bit of like what the Grateful Dead did. They made so much money as a sort of live act that there is a sort of like we're just going to do our thing, just keep going, just keep going. This is definitely the first Lawrence Welk Grateful Dead comparison ever. But I think I, I but I totally hear what you're saying. Lawrence Welk not only made a fortune in television, he managed to create a real estate empire that included a set of resorts. When he died on May 17, 1992, he was reportedly the second richest entertainer in the country after Bob Hope. And his musical variety series was at that point the longest running in history. But that's not why I admire him. Lawrence Welk knew who he was. And he knew his audience, the, as he put it, very nice people he played for. Theirs was an almost sacred bond. He wasn't going to let network executives interfere with that. And when they did, he went his own way. That kind of rebel spirit is something we usually associate with young people. But it was lived out by a man in his late 60s. Lawrence Welk was a square, yes, and a badass. To this day, his show can be seen in reruns on nearly 300 public television stations, and it's still the highest-rated syndicated series on public TV. Not bad for a kid from North Dakota who grew up in a sod house. Now from all of our musical family, good wishes, good health, and good night. Next time on Mobituaries. 
we take the show on the road. Chef Paul Prudhomme is not all together now. Oh my God, I just got a whole audience to say Dom DeLuise in unison. I certainly hope you enjoyed this Mobituary. May I ask you to please rate and review our podcast? You can also follow Mobituaries on Facebook and Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at Moraka. You can subscribe to Mobituaries wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Mobituaries was produced by Megan Marcus, Sam Egan, and me, Moraka. It was edited by Sam Egan and engineered by Nathan Miller. Indispensable support from Lucy Kirk, Genius Dineski, Alberto Robina, Harry Wood, Richard Rohrer, and everyone at CBS News Radio. Special thanks to Susie Dowd, and of course to my friend, the great Fred Armisen, who can currently be seen in Los Spookies on HBO. Our theme music is written by Daniel Hart, and as always, undying thanks to Rand Morrison and John Carp, without whom mobituaries couldn't live. That sound again, Charlie. Is your therapist there again? Oh, yes. And still hard at work showing me the upper body development exercises. What about the lower body, Charlie? Well, actually, there doesn't seem to be a problem in that area. Mm. Isn't that great? Charlie's always trying to improve himself. (laughs) The very least I can do. Bye, angels. Bye, Charlie. Bye. Hi, it's Mo. If you're enjoying Mobituaries, the podcast, may I invite you to check out Mobituaries, the book. It's chock full of stories not in the podcast. Celebrities who put their butts on the line, sports teams that threw in the towel for good, forgotten fashions, defunct diagnoses, presidential candidacies that cratered, whole countries that went kaput, and dragons. Yes, dragons. You see, people used to believe that dragons were real until... Just get the book. You can order Mobituaries, the book, from any online bookseller or stop by your local bookstore. And look for me when I come to your city. Tour information and lots more at mobituaries.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.